Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning into the Big Hunker Podcast. Go to iTunes, leave us some reviews. We love seeing them. Hunting season is getting close. Getting close. August is winding down. Yeah, it's hard to believe you're talking about hunting when your ball sweating hot outside. But we're almost there. Yep. And if you're still looking for that great hunt this fall and winter, look no further. Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. Come with us. www.stanfieldhunting.com. Got take care of you on anything you want. Uh, waterfowl, dove, duck, hog, pheasant, deer. You name it, we can take you up and put, put you on the birds, the animal, whatever you want to do. Holler at us. we got some specials. I'm going to have some October pheasant and dove specials. Come in, $250, do an afternoon dove hunt, spend the night, breakfast, next morning do a pheasant hunt for $250. And that's a four-gun minimum on that hunt. I can do that in September and October. I've got some dates left in November, not a lot for waterfowl hunting. I can do some duck hunts still in Texas and in Oklahoma. So anyways, look us up at stanfieldhunting.com, and that's 940-658-3172. Thank you. Well, you even ended with a little thank you. How I'm nice. Trying to change my ways, Andy. This podcast is also brought to you by Dive Bomb Industry, the best, the best silhouettes on the market. Got the new skinny shirt. That's right. That's a good-looking T-shirt. Good-looking hashtag. They've been have they've uh, they've had that in the bag for quite a while. Um, can't say enough about Dive Bomb. They're what we use every day, seven days a week. They pass the torture test. Rain, snow, sleet, mud, whatever doesn't matter. Uh, the stake system is just the greatest. The bags they pack up. Can't say enough about them. They're kicking ass, is what they're doing. Go to DiveBombIndustries.com. Go with the numbers this year, guys. Big numbers of decoys means more birds in your bag. Diebombindustries.com. We're also brought to you by Boss Shot Shells. Only takes one. It only takes one. They're changing the game. Bismuth is back in style. Everybody's coming out with their own Bismuth line, but remember that the guys at Boss brought it to you first, and they made it better, quite frankly. All made in America. Brandon Sarecki and the guys over there. I shouldn't say guys because Meg's over there. Kicking ass. Taking names. Had a great, great weekend at, at uh, Game Fair. So, absolutely great. Uh, only takes one, like Jeff said. They're copper plating all of their BBs. Holds a denser pattern. More BBs on target. No shotgun shell boxes either. That's right. That's right. They're just innovative. Innovative is the word. Go to BossShotShells.com or call them. You might not get off the phone with them because they can talk. They know their shit. But uh, get your shotgun shells for this year because it's coming up quickly we're also brought to you by lucky duck best spinners on the market waterproof yeah you can't shoot field mallards without some spinners lucky duck's the way to go and if you're shooting field mallards you know not a whole lot of water which is even better but yeah go to uh, luckyduck.com get all of the spinners the more spinners the better like jeff said if you're hunting those field mallards or field ducks you need at least a half a dozen spinners lucky duck can hook you up luckyduck.com the way to go. We're also brought to you by 737. The boys in Oklahoma making that duck call just sweet, sweet sound. Direct to your door. No more big box stores or anything like that. You go straight to them. They send you a duck call the next day. Color combos, all kinds. They can etch what you want on there. They got logos they can put on there. They'll take care of you. I blow the old number one. Not right there. Should be enough for everybody else. <laughs> what, what's that little... Hmm, endorsed four. by jeff that's right Se- 737 duck calls you can pick out what you want only call i've ever endorsed that's right only ever. company that would ever let me endorse their call it really, <laughs> is. It really is but yeah 737 duck and they can get it out to you 
great customer service. Quick, fast, and in a hurry. All of our guys, all of our sponsors, folks, great customer service will take care of you. Every one of them. Uh, we're also brought to you by Sea Light LEDs. There's no more sense. There's no sense at all to set a decoy spread out in the dark. Modern technology, put the put these lights everywhere. Put them on your truck, on your trailer. Light it up. Turn that switch on and light that puppy up. That way you can see exactly what you're doing. No more. That's the, you know that's the number one cause of breaking your decoys is tripping over. Turn on those lights. You're saving decoys that way. Think of it that way. Saving your investment. SeaLightLEDs.com. They're what we use. Put them on your trailer, folks. There ain't nothing worse than having a bunch of guys with headlamps blinding each other. Set up on the, the trailer. They're up in the air a little bit. It shines down on like being in a football stadium. And this show is also brought to you by Athlon Optics, also a U.S. made. Athlon Optics is a proud U.S. sports optic product company devoted to designing and delivering superior quality optic products and outdoor accessories at a competitive price to you, the consumer. Athlon has strong engineering design capability, strategic alliances with quality manufacturers, and a streamlined, fully integrated supply chain. Whether you're shooting prairie dogs or scouting those geese or ducks the night before, Athlon Optics has a product that you need. So go to athlonoptics.com, get your binoculars, get your scopes. They've also got red dot sights. They got it all. If you need to look through it so you can shoot something or find something, Athlon Optics is the way to go. Last but not least, we're brought to you by William and Chris Wines. Texas wine. Good wine. I like wine. WilliamandChrisWines.com and pick whatever, you know, whatever Chris has got made at the time. You can pick it. He'll ship it to you. They're the best. I love it. Good Texas wine. Or if you're at HEB, Whole Foods, Central Market, any of those types of places, you can find it there. But yeah, WilliamandChrisWines.com. Great stuff if you're a wine drinker. Even if you're not a wine drinker, it can turn you into a wine drinker. WilliamandChrisWines.com. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right, on this episode of the podcast, we're joined by the coon-ass himself, Christian Dubois. We talk Louisiana hunting. Good old boy from Louisiana. Had a great time with him. Interesting guy. Love talking with him. So here he is, Christian Dubois. Here we go. Three, two, one. Boom, and welcome to the Big Honker Podcast. I'm Jeff Stanfield. I'm Andy Shaver. And on the phone with us today, we have Christian Dubois. Did I say that right, Christian? You sure did, man. Good job. <laughs> well, I've, I've had a little coon ass around me a few times. Not in me, but in been him. around him. <laughs> Not many people get that on the first try. Yeah. <laughs> so, tell me exactly... Where the hell are you at? I'm in Cypress Island, Louisiana. Uh, all the fishing gurus. There's a. Uh, I live right in front of a, a lake called Lake Martin. It's about uh, I guess, 
four or five miles west of the Henderson Swamp in that Chaffalaya Basin. Chaffalaya Basin. A lot of a lot of guys are from uh, down that area. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty big landmark. It, it stretches a good ways south, and uh, it goes a little bit further north than me. But yeah, we're pretty much in the heart of it right here. Okay, I'm gonna jump right in here. Both feet in the fire. So, what's your thoughts on all this hot cropping? Man, look, this is my thing. They complain about corn this, corn that, whatever the hell else you want to. They blame it on. Dude, we farm rice down here. We flood that crop. What what difference is it? <laughs> it's north it's, of it's you. None. It's just different. It's just yeah, exactly. To me, uh, Mister Dale spoke a good bit last week about uh, Mister Warren Cuckoo, and uh, I sat down with him a couple years ago at, at the. Uh, at the New Orleans uh, Sportsman Expo, and I, I talked to him for a good while. He's old school, man. He he's been doing this for shit a lot longer than I've been, twice as long as I've been alive. And uh, he told me, he said, "Man, he said we're not getting the weather we need." Which obviously that's an obvious statement. But he told me, "Said on, we need." I forget the years he said, but they had a dry, cold like a harsh dry cold winter and northerly fronts which froze everything up north. So the birds, even though they might have had food, they didn't have nothing to eat. And your north wind pushed them south. Yeah. Last year was a shit show forest everywhere down here. I mean, they had gods that killed birds here and there. And some of my good buddies even did a little better than I did around here in the swamp and stuff. But uh, we had a hot winter. It was it was cold early on. I was in Kansas, but till season shit, it got in the 30s. But teal season in September up there, I was thinking, all right, this is going to be good. This is going to be a good season. And then after that, it stayed hot. Yeah. But we had a hot west west front. And that, that I think that dispersed the birds more than anything. You think it dispersed them east to west more than it more than it normally Correct. does? Correct. And I mean, by no means am I a freaking genius on this <laughs> subject. But <laughs> that's just my, my opinion and from the way I look at it. Uh, you were up in Canada last year. Are you going this year? No, I was in Kansas. I'm oh, sorry. Kansas, Kansas. Can- I went hunting with the. Uh, Go figure. I couldn't Cody, understand you. Cody, yeah, <laughs> Cody Crook and uh, Chase White and them went over there. Now is that when you met Luke? Lucas Clyde. Oh yeah, that big goofy bastard. Yeah. <laughs> how the <laughs> fuck? How the fuck do you know Luke? When I uh, I went up there meet Cody and then first day we. We call it Till and Tito's. That's kind of our little tradition. And uh, we fixed us a drink and took off. He said, I want you to meet a buddy of mine. So, all right. We took off riding and we pulled in. I thought Cody was the biggest damn human being I'd ever saw in my life. <laughs> then I meet Luke, and Luke's fucking twice his size. <laughs> I said, holy shit. We got some corn-fed boys up here. <laughs> and we, we hung out and uh, talked and drank a couple beers and then I was about it. They were at, a, Luke was at, a, damn, what's the name of that guy? So he was at a guy deer, or getting ready to guy some deer. Uh, I don't I forget me, the name of it. I don't know the name of the place. Luke worked for us for about three years. Oh, did he? Yeah, in the 2000, early 2000s. Yeah. Matter of fact, I got to talk to him on the phone today. Luke's a great guy. He was the first oh, Blake. Oh, he is. He was the first Blake. Really? Yeah, he was the first one that I really, really I like all my guides, but he was really part of kind of part of the family. Kind of big, dumb, fucks a lot of shit up. 
That's Luke and Blake in a yep. nutshell. Yep, Luke and Blake are a lot alike. Both fuck shit up all the time. It's kind of like that. How they say that you only get one good dog in your life. <laughs> you only get one one good guy in your life, but you got you got two of them. You got Luke and Blake. Yeah. Well, you know our grocery bill sure does go up when they're both around. I couldn't imagine them both being well, here at the I same guess. time. Oh my god! Let's take a loan out. <laughs> 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 you know, got a just for them. <laughs> so, uh, so are you going up to Kansas this year? Yeah, I'm headed up to uh, File Plains with Cody and Chase. Uh, I'll be there two weeks from November 8th through the 23rd. Now, File Plains, I've been seeing a lot of that on uh, the social media. That's new this year, isn't it? Uh, Foul Plains? Yeah. they. Uh, That's the guys that used to be at Hickory Creek. Cody started his own business. Right. Okay. They had on Hickory Creek, and they ran that for a while. It was – we had talked about it when I went up there, and I told him, I said, man, look, you got my support. I'm your friend. I'm going to support you regardless of what you do. If you want to smoke crack, that's you. I'll be a fool. <laughs> but obviously, he took the high road, and I think they're going to be pretty damn successful with it. They yeah. Those bars work, man. They – they're some of the hardest working guys I know, and uh, they kill birds. That's all there is to it. They kill birds. Luke was damn good at killing birds. I don't know about the hard working part. You kind of lost me there for a minute on that. But when it comes to killing <laughs> yeah, birds, he's a damn know. good I killer. Know. I don't know that side of him, but uh, <laughs> I know he. I tell you what, I know he was putting some Christmas on some damn big deer. That's for sure. He's a good hunter. We don't see none of that. We don't see none of that around. But you get lucky. And you get a hundred thirty inch eight point, you might have a picture in the paper over here. Really? Just well, like, I mean, they got they got some big deer. Yeah. I say big. I know Kansas fruit, but they got some big deer out here. It's just a little harder to get through them, a little harder to hunt them. Where do the deer? I mean, are they all like in one little area? Like, where do they go? Uh, no. Well, you got south of me. I'm actually from a little town southwest of here called Kaplan, and south of that. Is pretty much all your marshes, yeah. and uh, tons of deer in the marsh, tons of wild hogs, uh, and mo- a lot of times you'll have like a lot bigger body deer in the marsh, mm-hmm. and a, and a decent sized rack, and uh, like up a little bit further up northeast, a huge called Kinsco, and they have the giants up there. That's they usually pull several 150s, 160s off of there a year. And uh, that's right along the, the Louisiana-Mississippi border. Now, fucking alligators and, probably get them all down there. Oh, shit, yeah. Mm. Them, they're everywhere. They're everywhere down here. So many people ask me about that. That's, I guess being from the south, you know, the, the whole swamp people are a deal. Yeah. People think we probably ride an alligator to school or something, but... <laughs> It's it's not that crazy, but they do have a lot of gators down here. So that's going to be a problem for teal season, won't it for you? Oh yeah, uh, we I usually don't hunt the dogs during teal season for that reason. Depending on where I'm at, like if we go in a rice field, I have a couple of rice field hunts planned out, and uh, I'll bring Merle with me. He'll he'll get some some hunting time in the rice fields because if not, you'll see him every once in a while. If they have some. You know, they get out the canals and go into them, but 
it's not a big issue in the rice fields. Now in the basin right here on the public land, oh yeah, they're, they're, they're everywhere. Mm. You'll have uh, when the teal hit the water. Sometimes you know you'll have a gator eat them out of the water. So do you get in the water in your waders with these fucking gators? Oh yeah, I'm not worried about. Yeah, ain't no big deal. Let me tell you something. I'm scared to death of snakes, and there's a video floating around today I of, do. of that. I wanted to ask you that. I saw that. Uh, oh, I saw that that mm. video today. Did, did you shit a little bit or what? <laughs> I would have shit a whole lot if Tony would have got in that door. I just happened <laughs> to be fixing to open the door to look because somebody said, yeah, Tony's going to pick it up. I'm like, Andy told me. Andy goes, yeah, Tony picked it up. I go, you got to be shitting me. First, I thought Tony was smarter yeah. than that. So I opened my door to look about the time that son of a bitch had it, and that motherfucker looked like it was a 16-foot rattlesnake in his hand about two inches from my face when I saw it. <laughs> Fuck, it scared the shit out of me. Now, I'm lucky I didn't shit all over myself. Is a hog nose? Oh, okay. A West Texas cobra is what that is. Yeah, have you ever, do you have hog noses where you're at? Nah, not that. I, we got a lot of warm moccasins, uh, copperheads, cottonmouths. See this like this hog nose. Evidently, it's not poisonous. It's not venomous, it's, and it and it doesn't bite. So, like they just yeah, eat, they calm. just eat frogs. They're real calm. So, uh, yeah. Don't, and and a matter of fact, when Tony went to put it up, went to put it away, it spit out two frogs whenever he set it down. Really? Yep. Yep. But that's uh, crazy, dude. A funny story. The other day, I have a little man cave right back of my house, and we spent a lot of time in there. My little girl, one of my little girls at school, dude, she's outside with me every hour of the day. If I'm home, she's outside with me. And uh, I was in there doing something, cleaning up, and she come running outside. She said, Papa, there's a snake outside. I said, well, where's it at? She said, it's in the garden. Come see. So I went running and followed her. And it was a little garter snake, a little harmless garter snake. I told her, I said, that's good snakes. They eat the bugs, the bad bugs, and, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I caught it. My, about that time, my wife walked outside. She's done a fucking fit. <laughs> and then uh, I asked Emmy. I said, hey, I said, you want to hold it? But she didn't hesitate. I gave it to her. She was holding it, playing with it. Oh. Stunk like shit. But oh. We're going to wash our hands oh. after. But, yeah, they uh, they got they got quite a bit of snakes around here, especially right here. I'm in a low-line area. It rains a little bit, and it's, it's everything's flooded around here. I saw your video. You had a little bit of rain, and you what? Y'all were out. Uh, it was, well, I said a little bit of rain. You had a fucking hurricane on you, and you were out pulling your girl in the sled, weren't you? Oh yeah, when I was pulling with the pool. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, that was that went long ago. Yeah, uh, yeah, man. I was worried about that in 2016. All that rain we had. I had four feet of water in the bank cave, and my house looked up quite a bit over the ground. It was right almost to the base the baseball on the floor in my house. Mm. But, uh, yeah, that was, I was cleaning that, I was cleaning out the man cave after, and a uh, buddy of mine was up. Well, and I opened up the pantry, like the cabinets in the bottom, there's about a four foot water monster just sitting in one of my jungle pots. Oh, shit. Boy, you're in a good place. Oh, shit. So what, how'd you get him out? Uh, I just threw the pot outside and shot it. That's what I'd have done too. Those are dangerous. Any any snake that doesn't make noise is just fucking. <laughs> I, I could at least no rattlesnakes. Warning. At least rattlesnakes. You get you might get some kind of warning. 
water moccasins, copperheads, all that shit. They just hit you. Yeah, and uh, then I had some pallets, a bunch of pallet boards on my, uh, I actually have a video of this somewhere, on my porch. And we had, we had to get to my house and I get it for like a month. So we pull it up one day to come to the house, just check on everything, you know, make sure everything's good. And there's about a three-foot alligator just hanging out on my pallet board. <laughs> there was a big stack of pallets. It was hanging out on there. He'd have been suffering, but he uh, he snuck away. He's got a little crooked up. Mm. I tell you what, you you boys from Louisiana, y'all deal with some shit down there. Well, did you hear what he said earlier? Man. He said that it, they only eat snakes and bugs. Have you ever seen one eat a snake or a bug? You don't know that. A You're grass just a snake. They just say that shit. How do you know it ain't gonna kill you? It ain't gonna fucking hurt you. I ain't seen no, you pick one up. I don't like snakes. Yeah. Hey, most do you- of them around here. You got time to get to the hospital if they fight you before falls off. <laughs> that ain't no fucking way to be. <laughs> so, uh, did you see the the uh, waterfowl report from? Uh, I guess what, do you have the numbers with you, Jeff, for Louisiana? How uh, many they killed last year? No, where the fuck? Oh was no, that one. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember. The Fish where and I Wildlife found, Survey. I, I saw that somewhere. I don't remember what it was, but they had the numbers were way down. For Louisiana, I'm, what was it, Ron? Twenty five Yeah, I think the year before they shot a hundred thousand birds, and they shot twenty five thousand last year or something. Or no, it was like a million from a million to like two hundred fifty thousand. I think. Didn't surprise me at all. It was bad. They were just that spread out last year. Yeah, uh, we. I had, and I was fortunate. I got some buddies of mine that have that have a fucking. In Pecan Island, which is right on the coast, and uh, I went with them a couple mornings. And they were really the only guys I knew that were consistently killing birds. They have an old blind; it's been there since that seventies or eighties, I believe. And it's a four-man blind above the water, you know, just a marsh blind. And uh, we went several times and shot a four-man limit of birds, and they've done they did a whole bunch of times. And I was really the only guy I knew that I talked to that was killing birds like that. Right. It's just a screwy year. Like yep. you, I mean, you know, no weather, like you said. September was really cold, like you said. It's just a weird year. Hopefully this year some shit irons itself out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, whenever September came around, dude, I, I'm not joking. The night the night before opening morning, I believe it was. Oh, no. Anyway. One night, me and Cody outside cooking steaks in the rain like a bunch of hooligans <laughs> and and cut off shirts and shorts. The next morning we woke up, I brought a bunch of warm clothes just in case. The next morning we woke up, it was like literally 38 degrees. I said, what kind of shit is this? <laughs> I'm not used to Usually I'm swatting mosquitoes and trying to get alligators out of the duck blinds and Worrying about snakes and up there, up there, I was like, waiting to see snowflakes falling. You, it was freezing. You have to get alligators out of your duck blind. That's what I caught on to. I picked up on that myself. Oh, uh, I've had that issue a little bit, like on uh. the pit blinds in the rice fields. But I know, uh, I know a guy that will get into their duck blinds in the marsh. They don't have a gator in them. Usually, you just kind of make a little racket or shoo them out of there. Oh, 
hell no. What's the biggest gator you've encountered in the woods while you were in your waders in the water? What's the biggest one? Oh, shit. I don't know. I've seen some big gators. What's a big gator? Uh, 13, 13 foot. And you were in the water with him? I got a picture I'll send you of me holding a 13 foot, 13 foot, 11 inches we killed a couple years ago. No, no, no. You were in the but fucking I've water? I've been in the water with the big gators. Why? I've been in the water with them. Ah, that's just part of it down here. That's the way it lies. Fuck that. I, there's no way in hell my fat ass. I'm going to tell you what now. I would walk on. You think Jesus walked on water? I would stride, yeah. marathon, run, walk, do everything on top of the water if there was a 13 fucking foot gator. If there was a two foot gator in the water and I was in my fucking waders, I'd shit all over myself. <laughs> they, they'd take a bite and they'd spit you back out. <laughs> they what? They spit you back out. I don't give a shit. They, they, I'm telling you, a two foot gator would scare the piss out of me. There's no way in hell. I would even think about you couldn't even get me out of the boat. I wouldn't get in the fucking boat if I was around a thirteen foot gator. Would you, Andy? I don't know, Christian. I, you might no, have, you would. You might have two boys from Texas that are out. I, I'm gonna ask. I mean, obviously they're not a problem. You've been hunting this long and had never got hurt. No, hell no. I shoot them. I shoot them first. You get a fucking me. I shoot. <laughs> I shoot it before it gets close. So. Oh, so this isn't just a "hey, you shoo it away" or anything type of deal. You're 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 popping it. If if I feel like he's fixing to bite my leg off of something, yeah, he's gonna get shot. But I'm not. I mean, uh, I th- I think you lost me there, Christian. I'm out. I'm out. Also, I'm staying at the do- at the boat ramp. Can you imagine getting in your pit and there being a fucking alligator in no. that shit. Man, Fuck I that. actually uh, next month September is like gator is gator season, and uh, I actually got the crew for boss coming down. To hunt with me, uh, the second week he's in there, we're gonna get him on a gator hunt too. All right, now let, let's they're going on. They're going on a gator hunt. Yeah, hey. and uh, we're gonna shoot some too. And Brandon and them are. Yes, sir. That's gonna be badass. Don't don't let no gators eat their ass. They make good chills. We don't need them. <laughs> no hell no. I need them. I need chills. <laughs> gone, gone before their time. Well, how'd they die? Oh, fucking alligator got them. Goddamn coon ass. Let them get eat up by a goddamn gator. <laughs> That's right. Oh. I'm in a group with a couple of my close buddies, and we always laugh because this is that. You might have pieces, somebody else up, or somebody else down here. If they don't disappear quick, yeah. Let it, let the alligator, let the alligators get them. This is what I'm thinking too. If it's warm enough that the freaking alligators are running around, then you know there's fucking snakes there too, and 100%. that's worse than an alligator. Hundred percent. Because oh, mm. so have you have you had uh, a moccasin ever try to get in your waders? No, not 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 my waders, but I uh, I had a cotton mouth striking my boots already walking through the woods. That's how I mean that's kind of uh, often not an often occurrence, but it's happened before. Mm. Do you, Hell, do you last, last year around uh, October I think it was being a buddy out there, uh, related to my family of mine, Chris Barrow, we were walking through one of the WMAs down here looking for some deer and uh. Shit, he was about three steps in front of me, walking on a levee through the woods. And I was carrying my camera. I was taking pictures. He was walking in front of me with his boat. And that son of a bitch is scared of snakes, too. I mean, not that he's scared of them, but he ain't going to go grab them. And he was about literally a foot. He walked right in front of a now big, nasty monster. 
and I was right behind him, and I'm always looking down. All I want just to have it, and when I look, it was right there. Mm. I said, Chris, I said, look at this. He said, oh, my God. I said, oh, yeah. I said, that's where I almost got you. <laughs> but I wear snake boots most of the time. Well, fuck yeah. I'd wear them cutting my grass if I was down there. Yeah. Everything's out to kill yeah, you yeah. there. So y- Yeah, that's a. I try to invite people down here. They're like, oh, hell with that. Hey, what's going to get down for them? And to be honest, everything. <laughs> but... <laughs> you just gotta kind of, I tell people like, you gotta have the mindset when I go into the woods I'm the bush man not them that's, that's kind of my mindset do you turkey hunt also? man I, I did I tried like hell I'm not done but I like the turkey hunting uh, I took some pictures last year I acted like I was turkey hunting for a photo shoot for uh, lacrosse and that's that about picture. the furthest the furthest extent of my uh turkey hunting career right there so that was a setup that was just uh that was you setting yeah, up the shot I know, yeah it, it wasn't even wasn't even turkey season so, <laughs> so my goodness you can't even believe you're telling me that we can't believe what we see on uh, in the magazines and stuff oh yeah absolutely you can <laughs> but uh well, shit, it was more it might have been turkey season. i think that was in porch what's the <laughs> I think that was in March we did that, and uh, but yeah, we had to had to mock settlement and uh, just to at least get a couple pictures. But we did a whole lot of deer scout in the season, deer scout right there. Yeah, that, take that's, advantage of it. That's a that's a big deal having having a company like Lacrosse pick up one of your photographs. Yeah, man, I guess I that's all, that's kind of been a whole surreal deal for me. Uh, I jumped in. My wife's a photographer. She's a wedding photographer. You're breaking. Uh, you're breaking up a little bit. What did you? She's a weather photographer. A wedding photographer. Wedding. Well, yours is a whole and, lot uh, more fun then. She uh, when I started into it, she was like, "Man, don't why She knew how frustrated I get with this stuff. Don't don't even try. Like it, it's going to get aggravated for you. So I was like, "Well." I guess that kind of fueled me to go try even harder. Man, it, I started learning, and she was like, all right, I guess you, you're all right. And uh, as I started diving deeper into it, man, I picked so many people's brains about it. Big-name photographers, you know, like, who I've grown to know in the outdoor industry. And I think that's what I was most thankful for was their help, you know, just to take the time to help a dumb crew man trying to take some pictures. <laughs> And then that's when the that's when the, the contacts started rolling. Like people started contacting me about shoot this and shoot that. I was like, first shoot I had a guy is like, man, what, what do you charge for day rate? I'm like, what? I, I don't, I'm just I do this for fun. I'm like, I don't charge people. He's like, no, he's like, this is business. He's like you have to give me a price. Like fuck, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to charge. <laughs> what is this? So I hope you've got your price ironed out by now. Hey, man, like I said, I, I have a full-time job. and I do dedicate some, like, if I, I know I talk to people that, you know, some people are like, okay, look, we need a photographer for this. I'll be like, all right, I'll go, yeah, let's work up a price and we'll go do this. 
Yeah. But a lot of times, I'm just going places. I'm going to hunt, or I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. I'll bring my camera with me anyway. So it's really not, it's not uh, like it's taken away from my hunting or my outdoor or whatever else I'm doing. Right. So this is, it's going to be completely Japanese to me, but what are you shooting on? Maybe somebody that's listening will know. Uh, I shoot a Nikon D750. D750. Uh, yes, it's a digital camera. Uh, it's a, I guess it's a mid-range camera. That's what I learned on. My, that's what my wife did, and I learned on her camera. And she's taught me everything in manual, the hardest freaking way you could possibly do everything. That's just how she shoots. So that's how I learned. Mm-hmm. And that's that's just how I've always known. I started digging around and, you know, doing my homework on it, trying to figure out stuff on it on my own. And I'll pick her brain every now and then, but she's got enough on the plate. Yeah. So I just try to learn as much as I can on my own. Do you uh, do you mainly go to YouTube whenever you're whenever you're stumped, or do you try to ask somebody that that somebody else? Uh, I'll ask somebody else first. Yeah. Uh, and then I'll go from there. So how but, long uh, how long have you been ta- how long have you been taking pictures and photographs? Uh, right right at a year. Okay. Right over very probably right over a year. So you're uh you you hit it early with lacrosse then that was just fresh yeah, in your it career. Yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I think that was just a one time gig. Actually, I'll say, I'll give you the rundown on it. Then that it's all said and done now. Uh, when I started out, I was at Barton Ramsey's at Southern Oak Kennels, and uh, they're like, "Man, Rockhouse Motion's gonna be here." And I'm like, "All right, who's that?" I mean, I knew who they were, but I was like, "Ah, yeah." I, I hadn't really had my eyes on it too much. Well, they got there, dude, and the lighting got to like well, a certain time of the day. These stuff bitches been crazy. Like they were running all over with cameras <laughs> and videos and this and that. How did it go here? Go there? I'm like, man, this is this is kind of cool. And I was like, you know what? I said, I want to I want to learn this. I want to take it to the next level. So I I got to be good friends with. Hitchens and uh, Aaron Hitchens and Matt White, Colin, and the rest of their crew. And so I started picking his brain, Aaron's brain, a little bit. We stayed back and forth for a while. He'd tell me like, "Hey, you need to do this on this picture, or this picture's not good. Like, don't, like, don't do this or don't do that." So I'd go here, go there, try this, try that. And eventually, I started getting the hang of it, and I started seeing like my ratio of pictures I would take to pictures I could keep. Mm-hmm. growing better you know so I was like alright so I said now I'm, I'm kind of getting the hang of it then I started messing around more with the editing like learning my colors and what, what did what and, and that story I was just telling you a while ago about Chris whenever he got almost bit by that snake yeah Aaron called me literally not even five minutes after that happened and he's calling I see Hitchens calling on my phone I'm like he's from Canada so we usually just text each other, you know, and I'm like, man, why is he calling me? Maybe he needs something. You know, maybe he's in a bond. Maybe he needs something. So I answer the phone. He's like, hey, dude, what are you doing? I said, dude, we almost just got killed by a fucking snake, blah, blah, blah. He was like, dude, that's the coolest shit I've ever heard. He's like, that's kind of strange. He's like, I'm actually calling you right now. He's going to do a photo shoot for some snake boots. Nice. He's like, I was wondering if you see any snakes. So I said, oh, my God. I said, yeah, everywhere. <laughs> 
So long story short, we did that. And the first set of pictures I took, I sent them all to him. And I could tell, like, he was he was like, yeah, that's, he was like, that's good pictures. But I could tell something wasn't right. I said, look, you need to tell me. If these are garbage, if you can't do nothing with them, let me know. I'm going to try to get better ones. He was like, yeah, get better ones. <laughs> so we went out the second time, man. Which is actually Chris Barrow's twin brother. They look fucking identical. And uh, they went, me and him went, and we started taking pictures. I was like, look, dude, just deal with me for a little bit of time. I said, that's all I asked. So he dedicated some of his time to lead him to go to the woods. We got all the pictures we need. I started sending the hitches to the crew, and he was like, man, these are solid. Nice. And uh, that was kind of the end of it. That was all I heard from it. You know, and they paid me what I needed to be paid, and everything was good. Well, I didn't really hear nothing of it. Fast forward a couple months, I'm offshore. I work offshore every once in a while. Enjoy the uh, The guy who was talking about lacrosse boots, they were asking something about the boots. I was like, yeah, so I got on the website to show which boots I had. I click on the website, the homepage picture is then the picture I took of Ben leaning up against the truth. I freaked out. I was like, holy shit. That's I said, look nice. at this. They were like, what? I said, dude, I said, I took that picture. They were like, no, there's no way. I said, I'm telling you. So I had to, I, go, I got on my phone and I scrolled through the, the original picture. I was like, look, I said, this is the picture right here. They're like, yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> so that was a pretty cool moment for me. But, uh, yeah, man, I, it's, it's been a, it's been a journey. That's for sure. It's open to so many doors, man. So many different people. I met some of the best, some of the, best people in my life through this and uh that's I'm, I'm thankful for it i'm thankful for fucking hitchens for even going out on a limb like that yeah trust me with this shit i was just like dude i'm a fucking jackass with a camera and uh, why what why me why why do you want to do this mm-hmm. what dude, were, i, I what, guess I, I guess they were good enough what were some of the things that they that you learned um that they told you, like, no, you got to get better at this. Just don't even try that again. What were some of the things that stick out in your mind that you learned from from those moments? Oh, well, originally, like, he told me, he was like, all right, we need to focus. Like, you can't. We're shooting a brand. Like, you got to match the camo of the boots to the camo of the clothing, which was, yeah, that's obvious. And I thought I had it right, but he was like, no, that's a different camo, blah, blah, blah. So I had to get a new camo with no labels of other companies to be in it which is I mean yeah that's pretty much any outdoor yeah company you're gonna take pictures for they want their stuff in the picture and their stuff only which is you know so they're not I guess so they're not like uh, coincided with another company or whatever whatever word that, that is I'm looking for and uh so I had to do that I had to kind of twist that up quite a bit and stuff like that and it was just different angles of like different parts of the boot they wanted pictures of and like logos on the boots that they needed a certain picture of and dude that opened up a lot of doors like as far as opened my eyes opened my eyes as far as saying okay this is if I'm gonna shoot for company this is the kind of things I need to focus on and dude it has helped me a ton like a ton that's awesome all right, let's let's dig into the Kuna side of you, because that's what I want to hear. Because I want to hear oh, some of these, these stories. Right, there's, a, there's a cop passing in front of my house while you tell me this. There's a cop passing past your house. I hope I hope that's not a sign. Can't be getting arrested. <laughs> so, 
Tell me, tell me the wildest shit you've seen in the woods in Louisiana. I know you've seen some weird shit. Oh yeah, dude. I saw you post earlier about that. Ben and Chris, dude, Ben and Chris hunt together a lot. They all married into their family, and uh, dude, they had actually went on the Super WMA a couple years. A couple, they were out there where they found a baby down here. Blah blah blah. It was in the woods on a spot they found. Freaked them out. Well, I didn't know about it. They found a what? Yeah, you, you break up a little uh, bit. A baby, a head, the head of a baby doll. Oh, a head of a baby doll, okay. Uh. Yeah, like, it looked real shit. It was just sitting in the woods. <laughs> and uh, I was like, man, whatever, you know, I didn't know nothing about it. So a couple of days later, I'm going with them. We're going back scout. We walk into the woods, and they were bringing me to the spot. I walked right by the something. The baby doll head is sitting there on a log. They had put it on the log. Once they found it a prior a couple of days prior. Yeah. Dude, I tell you what, if I'd have been wearing britches, that'd have been a bad steward. <laughs> I'd have been changing them. Uh, I'd have been changing them right there. <laughs> there ain't nothing but, uh, creepier than finding a fucking kid's toy in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Oh dude, that freaked me out. Then that same trip we found we stumbled upon like an old campground. An old campsite. Mm-hmm. And uh this they had an old school bus there. I remember that. There was an old school bus there, and, like, all the windows were blown out and stuff. It was a bunch of freaky stuff, man. I got more three of you scared. that at night. I bet you'd be coming out of there real quick. I, uh, it, it's crazy how, like, just you let one little thought come into your mind, and, like, the floodgates open. Like, oh god, yeah! Once that first little thing creeps in, you're fucked. Cause um, and then I mean, yeah, yeah, I, I don't like it. I, I was uh, I was working at a house. Well, it was just last night. I was putting, I was doing some stuff. It's uh, it's a, it's a lot. They got some hunters coming in, and I was kind of doing some stuff around the house. Put uh, we put up a, a an accent wall. Basically, is all what it was. But I was working late at night there, and it's out in the middle of nowhere, and. Same type of deal. Like, you know, you walk outside one time and, you know, maybe you think of fucking twin sisters like sitting in the driveway looking at you in fucking white dresses or something like that. And once that little thought enters your mind, like next thing you know, you got Michael Myers behind every door, Freddy Krueger. Oh, God. It's nasty whenever you open just that first little thought and you're screwed. So we went from him being scared in the woods to that, huh? Yeah. You got scared in the house. I'm gonna shoot. I'm gonna shoot first and ask questions later. Uh, <laughs> that probably gives me a lot of trouble, but hang on, I need to. Okay. No, I don't know. You can't do. do me that. All right. What's what's the weirdest shit you've ever eaten? Oh no. Uh, we're gonna keep this PG, but. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Man, uh, I don't know. <laughs> It doesn't get know, a, it, it doesn't get a lot weirder than that though. <laughs> that is not a good uh, look, that is not a good looking man, animal. I, no hell no. <laughs> but uh, I don't know, man. I, a couple of years ago, I was with the buddies of mine. We went to a a WMA west west of where I'm at, and uh, I had I know I'm I'm the only guys before, but that was my first time like hunting with them stuff and uh. We get out there, you know, a bunch of cool asses around, campfire, 
made dinner, everything ready to start cooking. While I'm looking at this meat, this pot, and it was in a Tupperware, all steaming and grinding and everything. It smelled delicious. I'm like, man, I'm like, what, what is this? Because in the back of my mind, I was like, it's a fucking snake. It's a snake. And sure enough, there was a rattlesnake. Oh, I was like, they were like, man, you ever ate it? I said, no, nope, but I'm busting. <laughs> Dude, those fries that I ate, they all, everybody, like, kind of just picked at it. I made a full-blown meal out of this thing. It was so good. What? what it's man, kind, it's mean, kind of flaky, isn't it? Sort of. It reminded me of, like, a rabbit. Okay. Or a squirrel. That's kind of what it reminded me of. Hey, do you eat squirrel brains? Do I eat what? Squirrel brains. Squirrel. I'm to cook it. I'm not a big squirrel hunter, but I've eaten it before. So I just can't imagine eating squirrel brains. What about? Yeah, you just you, cut the head off. Like Mr. Just like Mr. Delsey, pull the eyes out and throw it in the pot. Mm. I know you. I know you get down right. on some crawfish though. Oh God, yeah, I eat that still. I'm blue in the face. <laughs> I bought uh, I bought twenty packs of crawfish in uh, April for Mark Helios's wedding in uh, at the summit at Southern Oak. That's a lot. That was, that was that was oh yeah, that was a pretty good get down. How do you cook all of that? God damn, Merle! Is it Merle? Yeah. Tomorrow. I'm glad it wasn't your wife you were getting on to. <laughs> the neighbor's dog came outside. He's thinking with their own head. We thought your wife might have walked outside. We were worried. Domestic violence oh, no, or she something. She could scream at me, probably. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, we brought, I actually, I bought a ton of stuff. I had a huge, like a two-stack pot. Like you could put two full stacks in it. And we were boiling in that. And then I had a pot put like one and a half in and uh we started in that and then towards we had probably ten facts left we started at four o'clock right at the end of mark's ceremony for his wedding and we took off we started boiling that away when everybody left and came back to the to the lodge with the thirty. we started boiling and we had about 10 facts left and uh tanner's propane line busted on his bottle on his uh on his pot so I had to, we finished it out, all out, one pot. I think we bought crawfish to probably 10 o'clock at night. Jeez. And that was nonstop. Well, did people eat it the but, whole time? Like, like, did you have any leftovers, oh, or was it all gone? Non-stop. Yeah, we, we actually did have a pretty good time. I just left over, and we ate some the next morning, too. They ate it till, I don't know what time of the night, and then it got weird after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it got real weird. What about, uh, have you ate Nutra before? Yes. My grandpa used to kill him because he had crawfish problems, you know, when I was going up, and he'd kill him, and he was the kind, like, he had a big uh, commercial saw his corner that ran over some decent syringes at his house, and, dude, I'm telling you, there was something hanging in that thing every day. Whatever he'd kill, he'd just clean it and hang it up. That's and uh, the tails at one point were like six bucks a piece. For a neutral tail, like the bounty on him, so he'd kill him and then give him in and turn him in and uh, we'd eat the neutral. He'd fry it, he'd fry everything, he'd fry it a couple times. I uh, I ate his fries, and that's about it. That's about the only time I've eaten it like that. So, when but, did uh, you start waterfowl hunting? Who taught you, uh, and when? 
I started when I was probably, shoot, I got pictures of like three years old. And I'm sitting in the pond with my grandfather, blowing off that call. And uh, it's been history ever since then. My dad wasn't a big hunter. My dad's practically my best friend. He came with me to Kansas last year. Him and Cody are best friends now. They talk what we do. Mm-hmm. But my grandfather got me into it. And uh, I, I started, you know, very right when I could walk, take me out there with him. I'd stand up on a little milk crate in a dog box. Yeah. And that's that was my spot. And uh, ever since then, I, I started shooting. He gave me a pump 20 gauge and I was like five. And I started shooting that, and that, that was that was it. The rest is history. I've been chasing it since. And I guess I like I like to like, that's fine. If I could always keep two birds the rest of my life, it would be doves and speckled bellies. Dove and speckled bellies. And I love shooting specks mainly because I like to eat them. What's your but, uh, What's your limit of specks? Two. Two. So it's same two as us. Two person down here. Yeah, same as us. Right. And what now in are, Arkansas. Three, and I go there quite a bit too. So why, why do you like shooting those silly bastards? Is it just because of the way they eat, or what? Because they'll make That's me fair? fucking pull my hair out. Yes, I get oh, tired I like of working. Them. I like, I like getting in their brain. And you see, that's that's where it gets different. I've hunted, I went, I hunted down here my whole life. I guess I don't know if it's because of the end of the foot, you know, the bottom of the flyway pole or what, because there's so much pressure down here. There's a damn duck blind every 300 yards south of me. And uh, I don't know if it's because of the pressure or the end of the flyway, but they are hard to hunt. Anybody that's from down here, I guarantee you they'll agree with me. And uh, it, they hard. They hard. They're a hard bird to kill. So as I got older and I started getting better at it, I was like, all right, I got this. I, I'm going to figure this out. Then I started getting into the the calling kind of things a little more. I had a couple of buddies that really opened up my eyes to like the constitution of the and how to do that. And this taught me, it taught me a whole different side of the calling aspect of it. And once I started learning these different ways to call, it gave me that much more of an advantage on these birds. And, uh, dude, it, it was fun. It, it's just, it's a, it's a fun thing to do for me. And now, uh, a couple of years ago, I went up to Arkansas and Stuttgart. Dude, I went up there, and my buddy Brandon Matthews like, dude, he's like, you got to come up here. He was talking me up to this guy that was up there. and like, man, you got to help my buddy for a stick all over the ground. I'm like, bro, look, I go up there, and we don't kill nothing. We're going to look like some bunch of dumbasses. <laughs> we get up there, and this guy starts putting out, like, goosey cars. I'm like, man, what are you doing? And so, I mean, he was a god. I wasn't going to question his authority. No, I, we went along with it. Couple, first couple of flocks come in, and they, they work, and they work, and they just kind of keep moving on. And I wasn't really doing a whole lot. Finally, I asked my friend, if I put my call? He said, dude, please. Next couple of flocks come in. We started, We went from taking shots at 60 yards to popping open the blind, waiting until they backpedaled, then shooting them. All because, like, oh, yeah. all because said, of the call. Now we're working with something. Yeah, there it could have been several things, but I think I had a lot to do with just reading the bird, knowing what to do and when to do it. See, and, uh, we go through three different phases out here. We go through specs being incredibly easy, and like you said, I mean, just dumb as shit, just right on top of you. Then we go through a phase, kind of midwinter, where you can't kill a motherfucking spec, 
and then in January they get dumb again. I'm telling you, dude. I don't know if that's a different push of birds or what, but it's that's how I felt in Arkansas. I mean, dude, down here, if you work a flock of fifteen specks into a spread, you're doing something, right? Like, like you got your, your buddies in the bottom looking at you, like, yeah, dude, that's that's solid right there. That's good work. Yeah. Up there in Arkansas, dude, we had 150 birds working in, and I was, you know, you had ten landing in the spread. Like, hang on, hang on, hang on. We gotta let these come in. Right. I would. See, that's the way November just, is here. Like, like it it's is just hard. It November will be, you know, it does not matter how many guys we have out. We're going to shoot our speckle bellies and they're going to be like, yeah. like they're going to be quality shots. We're not sky blasting or anything like that. Right. Like, November. You can pretty much guarantee, especially early November. We're going to get our specs. Yep. Now you know why I'm going to Five Flames in November. <laughs> <laughs> I, it, it, must, it must just be different birds. I don't know. Yeah, man, I I ain't figured it out yet. But we usually have uh, extremely good teal season down here, early teal. It's as the 14th, I think, through the 29th this year. Yep. And usually our specs, if you can get into some specs, that's you usually kill specs pretty well. If you, if you know what you got going on, you know your area, you know how to work the birds, you can kill some specs. Big ducks, man, it's it's good, but it's not it's not Arkansas. It's not Kansas. You know, it, it's nothing like that. And then dove season, that opens up, uh, what, September 1, just like us? Uh, Wait, I think it's... I think they, wait, mm-hmm. they open a little bit later. South Texas opens like the thirteenth. Seventh. The seventh over here, I want to see. So ba- so you open the might, first might be wrong. you open basically the first full weekend in September then. See, we open up in really? we open up in five days. We open up on Sunday. Really? Yep. Yeah, last year whenever I went meet Cody and them, uh the till season it was open. Yeah. And we go shoot till in the morning and then afternoon we go shoot does. Yep. Yep. Dude, I was in heaven. That's what we do here. Yeah, oh, it's a good time. Oh, man, that's my favorite. You know, every, that's my favorite time of the year. Everything you've been waiting on is finally kicking on. You're getting the shoot done. You get the dogs working. Everything's good. But you got to wait a little while. Then big dog opens up. See, I think right now is the best. I think, like you said, my favorite months are kind of the the build up to everything you know you get to you get to goose season especially for us seven days a week like september and october are fun for me because you know we're busy but we're not so busy um you're not as you're not as you know worried every you know I, i i'm a worrier i've talked about this before you're not as you know amped up all the time so september and october are kind of the the fun months for me right and yeah, I agree. Hunt? I agree for sure. Now, I got a question. Yeah. Do you hunt a whole lot anymore? Me? No. I hunt maybe 10 days a year. Maybe. Okay. That's counting till season, too. Yeah, he does, He goes a lot in till season. It's still warm, and, yeah. and we're done by about 830, so that's right up his alley. <laughs> I yeah, like, I got you. Yeah, I see. I like to field <laughs> shoot ducks and... I have to scout. I, they give me a lot of shit, but if I didn't do what I did, we would struggle a lot of mornings. I don't give you shit. So yeah. 
I have to scout, but <laughs> but I do enjoy shooting field ducks in Nebraska this year. We're only running one group a year a day up there, and hopefully we're going to have a lot of stuff that'll be set. It'll be easy to do it. So I'm hoping I get to shoot some field ducks up there. Was my goal, but I plan yeah. on hunting Hell yeah. out of the twelve or fifteen days that we have till season. I don't know how many days it is. I probably hunt on four or five days during till season, and then hopefully I'll get in five more days of duck season somewhere here or there, field shooting ducks. I'm not going to go put on waders and do that shit, but and I don't care about Hell shooting. Not. I don't care about shooting a goose. But yeah, you did. I'm on it. I'm on But you know, I didn't guide yeah. as long as everyone thinks I did. I only guided full time for about two seasons. I've really? Been, yeah, we went from running a small operation to a big operation in about two years, and I went from guiding hunts every other day or every day for four or five days in a row a week to not hunting at all and doing everything but hunting. And I enjoy I uh, I enjoy being in a blind giving guys shit and the bullshit and all that. I really enjoy that part. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was curious. I listened to a bunch of other episodes. I said, I wonder if Jeff still hunts a lot. No. But that's how my grandpa, as he got older, he was the same length. Like, when we, we, once, once I could do them at all, he was like, dude, he sent, because where, where he's sat in his living room, there's a big picture front window that looked out to the yeah, CSW creations that are on. And he could see out there. And I'd, I'd go, once I was seven or eight years old, I'd load up all my own stuff. We had an old dog, a young dog named Jackie. She, I didn't have to tell her a thing. She knew <laughs> everything we were doing. And uh, I'd go to the barn with her, and I'd shoot, you know, whatever I could. A lot of them was water slot birds, but I was still shooting birds. Yeah. And uh, after he'd see me shoot two specks, it was like passports. He'd get on the floor and come meet me, help me pick everything up, make sure I was all right, and he'd head back to the camp, back to the, back to the house. That's awesome. And I was just saying, once, once I was old enough to do it on my own, he'd sit back and watch. He was, I guess, in his eyes, he was like, all right, my job's done. Yeah. And he was just... Hanging out. Now, I watch a lot of birds get killed yeah. <laughs> every year because I'm 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 usually watching us hunt. I hunt through the window, and it's a different deal. I really get into it and I enjoy it. He leaves at daylight every morning. I mean, I'm I'm in the fields. I'm I'm a lot of times I take the guys from the truck from the decoys or back to from the truck to the decoys in the morning. I'm around. Someone always needs something or something, but I like to watch where the birds pattern and where they're going and when they go. But I'm usually there, and I'll watch while we're killing birds. And until birds start racking up somewhere else, I'll usually sit and watch us hunt until they start doing that. See, we we kind of um, we've kind of adopt, adopted the philosophy of scouting twice a day, and I think a lot of guys don't do that. And if they don't, they should. Um, so Jeff will scout in the morning. He'll leave at daylight, and then, like he said, a lot of times he's giving us a ride. We'll go park the trucks, guides. You know, we drive all the clients back. So a lot of times Jeff's picking us up from parking our truck and taking us back to the to the spread, and then uh, you know he get, he gets a feel for what the birds are doing in the morning, and then we kind of cross reference that with what we see in the evening time. And I think that works out pretty well. You know, where are they coming from? Yeah, and where are they going? Yeah, you know, just On both ends of it. just kind of making sure, like, okay, you know, were they in it this morning? Because a lot of times, you know, out here. Uh, maybe weather patterns will be erratic or whatever. So birds might not do in the morning what they do in the evening time. And then that kind of leaves you scratching your head like, well, what the fuck do we go by? So a lot of times we just kind of go by what we saw in the morning because 
evening time, especially when it gets warm out here, evening time just kind of a toss up. Like they might just evening time, they might just sit next to the next to the roost, or they might fucking fly yeah. fifteen miles, and you're like, well, what the fuck are they doing that for? Yeah. So man, it's still opened my eyes. Uh, when I'm really chasing them last year, one afternoon chasing like, hey, they're like on the ride. All the trucks are blocked in, and my truck was the only one not blocked in. And said, man, they might buy you truck to scout. So yeah, take it. I said, I don't care. So I hopped in with him, and we took off. And this dude was spotting birds. I could not even see. They looked at us. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you? What are you talking about? I can't see shit. Yeah. Like, Look right here, right here. These birds are fucking 10 miles away. I'm like, dude, how, what are you talking about? I looked through the binoculars and I could see him. But yeah. he was catching with the back of the eye. And, like, right. and we take off down the dirt road and I mean, go for miles and just follow these birds. And when they get where they were going, we, you know, do whatever you had to do, get in touch with the landowner. A lot of times we do where we were at. So I was like, man, so this, this is how y'all do it over here. It was just different for me because down here, it's kind of the same, but you're doing it by boat. You go, you park, you kind of know where you fly, where you're at through the basin. So you go ride through, get out in some open water, watch for birds, do the birds, do where you dump the birds at, kind of go by your time of the day. And it's different. Yeah. See, I had a tough time scouting the the years we went to Canada. I had a tough time scouting up there because, number one, the birds fly so much lower down there, or up there, rather. And uh, it you know, more trees definitely made it more difficult. And a lot of times they're not in the air for very long. You know, they get up and then they're setting down pretty quick. So um, I had a I had a difficult learning curve scouting in Canada versus here because you know the, the bird numbers down here is so much better. You know, so much greater because you know the birds that we have here. So if you miss one or two flocks, it's not really a big deal because you've got an hour of a flight line. In Canada, it was not that way. So. I uh I learned a lot the, scouting that. Yeah, way. that's me, man. The the hardest I've thing I've never hunted Canada yet, but uh it's on my bucket list for sure. The hardest thing to scout are ducks. Yeah. Ducks in a field, they fly high. You can't hardly see them. They don't bunch up like geese do. And so you just got to catch you catch little when they turn sideways, you'll catch them a little bit. And they right. don't they don't fly low like geese geese do they're up high and god almighty i'm telling you right now so there, there's a lot of times we'll know if birds are going to a field and you can't see it until you get on them then they're there and they're spinning all over it but if you're, you're two miles away you don't find them the ducks are harder to scout but scouting's important and doing it morning and afternoon is a big thing we do and i've got a network in both places of people i talk to i got guys in oklahoma other outfitters and friends that are around there i talk to them and then in texas i've got Justin and me are good friends, and he has an outfitter down here, and we talk every day, I mean, morning and afternoon. And if I'm going to be somewhere in the morning and can't be somewhere on days I have court, he'll if I, I go before court, but once court starts, he'll look, and we swap back and forth information, and it helps. Biggest problem I think people have in the hunting deal is outfitters don't work with each other. They'd be so much better off to work with other outfitters and people that are in the know, because if you ask a farmer is that a hunt? Oh, yeah, yeah, there's a thousand birds there, and there's there's two flocks. If you ask a guy that hunts and guides, if one of my old guides calls me, like Luke up in Kansas, and said, hey, there's a hunt over here, then by God, there's a hunt. He knows what a hunt is. But if a farmer tells me that, I always don't buy all that because a lot of times they don't understand what a hunt is. Yeah, I'd call him because I live a little ways from him, and I'd call him, hey, Paul, what's the birds looking like? Oh, they got a few. That could mean he saw three birds, <laughs> or a few could mean there's a field full of birds. Just right. like, okay, well, what is it? 
Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's tough, especially whenever you're taking the word of the farmer. It, it's it's tough. All right. <clears throat> so do you notice whenever you're calling for specs, do you notice that they kind of isolate the calling a little bit more? That they kind of come to the call? Uh, correct, yes. They'll pinpoint it. Uh, they pinpoint that. Uh, they pinpoint movement very easily. Pinpoint and movement? Right and yeah. that's great. They will pick it out quick. And they make the most annoying sound whenever they do bust you. Oh, you yeah. fucking know. Right, almost a, a burner. When, oh, yeah. when you get busted by a spec, there is no doubt. Yep, I just put the calls down. I look and see what's going on. I look up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, we had a lot of pit blinds on here. <clears throat> right. See, I get that with clients a lot. You know, like you said, you just throw your fucking call down at that time because there's nothing else you can do. That bird is gone. No, it's over with. And they're yeah. and they're kind of like, well, what's going on? Like, you didn't just hear that. You didn't just hear that yeah. awful noise that it. It's that, gone. I mean, it's over with. Beep 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 beep. Wait 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 wait. See you later. It is yeah. out of here. When they give you that zipper, that's what we call it, the zipper. They're out of there. The zipper. Yeah. They gone. Yeah. So do you shoot a lot and of bands? Go go ahead. Go ahead. I don't. No, not really. I've uh, I've shot in a few a few bands. I have a little box of them. Uh, it's somewhere in the house. What were you going to say before uh, that about the zipper? You said sometimes. Oh, yeah. Sometimes all it takes is one bird out of a flock. Yeah. You got one bird that backs out, and you'll have a flock of 15, 20 bug out on you real quick. Yeah. Yeah. And it's nothing. Oh, it's just, it's it's so bad. And there's nothing you can do about it. Don't give them a come. I mean, I don't even know what a comeback call is for a speckle belly. Don't even bother with it because they're gone. Yeah. What I do, like, those situations, I'll, uh, if I'm trying to work hard, like work specs back to me, I go like a rolling double cluck, and uh, sometimes they work. Some, some, most of the time they don't, <laughs> but every once in a while, it'll work. So that's like la 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 la. Is that what you do? Yeah. Something. Or, yeah. Something similar. Like a uh, a quick double cluck. <laughs> right. And then sometimes it'll bring them back. Sometimes it don't. But so when, uh, what time of the year do you shoot mature? Do you shoot the big barred up specs all year long, or is there a certain time of year yeah, where, uh, nah. where you get them more than more than others? It all depends. Uh, early in the season, I don't know if it's just because of different birds migrating first. I don't know, but. To me, earlier in the season, we'll start calling chicken. Yeah. We'll shoot a lot of, uh, we'll shoot a lot of immature birds, but you know what's something? I've had a bunch of old people tell me, a bunch of old men, and uh, which I, I always thought for the longest time that the bars on a bird were maturity. Uh-huh. My grandpa told me, well, I think my grandpa, a bunch of older folks tell me a lot of the strength. If you're looking on the specs of maturity, is the white. You'll see the white on the, on the, the bottom of their wings, uh-huh. the, the white on their face, the white on the bottom of their butts, like on their tail feathers. If they have a non-white beard, that's a mature bird. And uh, the, a lot of the bars are uh, genetics. Genetics, yeah. I've heard the same thing. That's just what I was trying to That could be completely fucking random to all of but that's just what I was trying to class. Like I said, I'm no expert on this subject, but I've killed a few. No, I've heard the same thing because uh, you know we've were, we've wondered um, 
that's something I've always, you know, that's always intrigued me. A lot of the birds that we kill that do have bands on them, none of them are what you would call an immature speck, you know, just with a slick belly Correct. or whatever. So we, we wondered, you know, is it genetics that makes that big bar belly? Is it age? What is it? But I'm like you, a lot of times you can, you notice that, that white front that they're known for right by their beak. Uh, it, it goes back a lot farther on some of their heads than it does others. And the, the mature birds, like the first year birds, won't, won't ha- a lot of them won't have it at all. That white, that white patch right. up front. Right. So. And usually, if you young specks will have a high pitch. We'll have a what? Real high pitch. Oh, like a high, a high pitch. pitch. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like y'all know, these mature birds will have more of a grown into it, like a lower, lower pitch, but a real pronunciated, like a good, clean yodel. Yeah. Mm. So, so ducks aren't even on your list. It's dove and speckle bellies. You don't hear that often from you. Don't hear that with a guy from Louisiana. It's always ducks first. I've seen ducks every chance I get, but if somebody told me, "Hey, look, you got two birds to shoot, two species to shoot the rest of your life," that's a no-brainer. I'm going to shoot doves and I'm going to shoot speckled bellies. Come to Texas in 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 fucking January. Yeah, yeah, we have a winter dove season here. Really? Yep, and it is lights out. Lights out. Guys killing doves in the snow. It's crazy. Really? Yep. I bet that's different. That's something I've never done before. Yeah, so they kill dove in the afternoon, then they kill speckle in the morning. Could be your dream. Could be your dream. Come here in January sometime. You can teach me You can teach me that yodel that you do on the call. Oh, I could try. I can give them a this. <laughs> So what do you, what all you got? Uh, your your go to uh you go to Foul Plains uh November. What else you yeah. going to? Uh well I got the boss crew coming down yep. uh in uh set the next month. We're gonna be the creators right here in Gaylon. And uh I got some good friends of mine, John Foster that he's been a guy for years. They're a pretty top notch business over there. And uh I'll be at Foul Plains and in, in uh, November. And after that, I guess I'm going to chase birds in the forest for a while. I guess until it closes, I'm Somebody wants some pictures somewhere. Or, uh, I'll probably go to Arkansas a bit. bit. i got a buddy of mine, James. He only runs uh, two W outfitters mm-hmm. up there, and uh, he wanted me to go take some pictures with him. So I'll probably go do that. But other than that, I don't have a whole lot planned out for this year. Do you do the snow goose conservation season in Arkansas? No, I've, I've, I have tried it down here already. I had one successful hunt. I got tired of picking up decoys. So I was like, the hell with that. I don't blame I'm you. I'm not going to mess with that anymore. No. I don't blame you there. That I couldn't imagine shooting, trying to no, shoot no. a goose in March. No way. Oh, especially down here. It's 700 degrees. <laughs> Shooting goose in your white underwear and your white t-shirt. <laughs> Fighting off mosquitoes, alligators, and bears. Screw that. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you got any? Uh, yep. You got any good? What's uh, for any new photographer? What is the one piece of advice that you would like to share that you've learned in your fourteen months of being a photographer? Sure, don't give up, man. Learn your camera. Start with a budget. Uh. Everybody's going to have a different budget. And, of course, your camera will limit what you could do. 
but start with a budget. Buy something within your budget. From there, break out your camera manual. Learn how to navigate through your camera. Once you figure that out, get on YouTube, pick somebody's brain, shoot, call me, shoot me best, whatever you need. I mean, I'll, I'll help however I can. But learn what your settings do and what lighting scenarios. And uh, take a lot of pictures. Take a ton of pictures. How many did you trash your, your, when you filled up your first SD card? How many were junk? How many did you just delete right away? All of them. <laughs> <laughs> Not a one. I've done that so many times. The whole SD card. Just people, fuck it. I, we're starting over. I got, yeah, oh, hell yeah. My camera was like a week old. I'm over at one of the pictures and one of the dogs ripped it right out of my hand. Delete the camera strap. Yeah. Drug it about 20 hours through the rocks. I'm oh, like, oh, this is great. <laughs> yeah, it still worked, everything. There was nothing wrong with it. Got a little bit of crack on the top side of the view bottom. Mm. I was like, okay, I took some pictures ready. It was good to go. <laughs> so I bet but your yeah, wife I've, has some I interesting still, stories taking wedding photographs. Oh, yeah. I go help her a lot now. Is that a train? Is that a train wreck? That's a big business. Zach had his. He had a photo- professional yeah, photographer too, a- and I mean, it was like they would not fuck no, around. Oh, we caught my dad trying to hit a- on my mother-in-law. She's a. What did you say that again? My dad, my dad, and my mother-in-law were getting awful cozy at the wedding the other night, and they got pictures together. <laughs> right, Dad. That's not exactly, exactly right. right. Oh, my God. <laughs> Whose wedding was that? was uh, Zach's wedding. wedding. And yeah. they thought, they thought, Man. they thought dad and Sharon, my mother in law's name, Sharon, they thought they were married. So they kept cuddling them up, getting pictures and stuff made from them. We all found it Just pretty. For the night. Yeah, we thought it was kind of funny. Dad didn't say no, though. <laughs> <laughs> Just pictures, he said. <laughs> That's all you need. But, yeah, I can imagine, like, some of the shit that your wife has seen uh, in her years as being a wedding photographer. I've been pictures or whatever, and I'll be in the room whatever, looking at a computer. I'm like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> but, hey, that's what the people pay for. That's right. <clears throat> you got to get what they want. Well, you going to come out to West that's Texas right. this winter? Oh, I sure can, man. I'm about to bring my camera. Well, yeah, you can bring it. You can come out and hang out with us for a couple of days. We'd love to have you. Anytime. There you go. You might even know some people here because we hunt a lot of coon asses. Oh, hell yeah. That's the greatest keep on us. Great. I'm not just saying that because I'm from down here, man. I travel all over the place. Everywhere I go, people say, hey, coon asses, the greatest keep on us. I'm like, yeah. They are. I'd have to agree. I, I'm telling you right now. Hunt, cook, and drink. That they, that they're the best hunters we have. Cause, and I have lots of people from other places that are good hunters. I'm not knocking them, but they don't bitch and complain much. They, they, they like to hunt. They, they enjoy the food, but they, they appreciate the hunt. Good, bad, indifferent. They enjoy being outdoors. Fuck, Andy ran over a coon-ass kid's legs last year, and they didn't, God didn't even get mad. No. Well, I sure felt bad, though. Yeah. I mean, I'm serious. He ran over a kid in the field. Dad did. He was, really? Yeah. Yeah. It was a bad. It was a bad deal. Blake. Was, Blake said it ruined a good time. Is what Andy did. It ruined a good day. Blake was my spotter. Blake was my guy, and he's just he's fucking not paying attention. It was windy that day, and we were hunting out of the A-frames, and we're tearing down, <clears throat> and the A-frames are just like fucking rocking. So we're you. I pull up my trailer. I'm using that Texas Tech education that I got. I pull up my trailer. Use it as a wind block. 
Well, one of right. the one of the blinds on the end, the wind it, it wasn't blocking the wind, so I had to pull forward about ten feet, and I hop in my pickup and I said, "All right, guys, I'm gonna pull forward real quick. Hop in my pickup, slam it in drive, go forward." I didn't realize these kids were sitting on the wheel well of the trailer, and one of them got caught underneath the trailer. Wow! So, all right. Oh yeah, it's just you know he had a little. He had, <laughs> he had a little limp the next couple of days, but he's all right. He just had a broken leg. He probably probably stunted his growth in that one leg, but he's cool. It he, didn't break it, didn't break it, didn't sprain it like nothing. Like, but we didn't know that till after lunch, and we um, had to go to the we had to go to the hospital where they were. We didn't have to. We went to the hospital and found out, and everything worked out okay. But I, the dad was just nice as shit. Like you know, hey man, you know accidents happen, blah blah blah, and that was the end of it. Kids all state point guard, oh, yeah. and they're fixing to play a playoff basketball game. He ain't gonna get to play the rest of the year, but that's okay. That wasn't that wasn't at all what it, it happened. Probably, uh, some kids? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, he probably ran over on the phone a couple more times. <laughs> yeah. But it was that ain't no big deal. It was funny. I think Zach told me first. Hey, Zach comes in and goes, oh, yeah, Andy ran over a kid today. No, Zach wasn't there. Zach Who? was in Texas. Was it Blake that told me? Well, we called you number oh. one. Uh, we had a little something happen. Andy ran over a kid with a trailer. Yeah. I'm like, what? Uh, yeah, he he ran over a kid. Mm. They're taking him to the hospital. I'm like, what the fuck? He's I'm, just his foot. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> How the fuck did you run over a kid that's filled so muddy you can't even drive in it? So now we have a two honk policy, OSHA regulated. If it, if the truck's yeah, in forward yeah. or reverse, it's two honks. That way everybody knows what's up. Yep. And it drives me nuts because we hunted after that on a duck hunt that day, and they're honk honk. What the fuck are you honking for? Got to make sure everybody's looking, man. We don't want to get somebody to get hurt. There, get them kids out the wheel up. That's right. Well, Christian, you come hunt with us. We'll have a good time. Absolutely, man. I'm going to look forward to that, and I'm going to hold you to it. Uh, you're sure welcome anytime, bud. We appreciate We thank you for being on here with us. Good talk. Lots of laughs. Yes, I appreciate y'all, man. Yes, sir. And like Jeff said, I, I appreciate you coming on here. This was a great one, and uh, have fun. It all starts up here pretty quick, man. Absolutely, man. Y'all be safe this year. Don't, uh, don't run any kids over. Hey, if, if you, when you go back to Kansas, you be careful around Luke. If he's got a fork and a knife in his hand at the dinner table, he, he'll wipe off your fingers real quick. Oh, I'll tell you what. He'll cut your whole arm off. He'll probably eat it, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my man. We'll talk to you later, okay? Y'all take care, man. See you, All bye. Right, later. bye. The great Christian Dubois. Kunas photographer? The Kunas wonder. I wish he'd come up, man. He'd be a lot of fun to have for a few <clears throat> days. Yeah, he would. Yes, he would. Good guy. Salt of the earth kind of guy. I had a guy ask me a question today huh. about the football league. Yeah. The football league, we've got a couple openings left. If you want in on the football league, you have to pay and get on there at FanDuel and send $20 to our PayPal, goose at westtex.net, if you want in on the fan, the Big Hawker podcast. So basically, podcast. here's how it's going to work, because I had this question also. Go ahead. It's a pool, basically. It's yes. you, you draft. We're not going to have like the, the the draft per se. Like it's a Fanduel type league. So you're going to pick a new team each week, and, we're, and you'll have a score each each week, and we'll just tally up the points. And Fanduel the the tallies year. the points up, but we just right, we right, right. carry them over. But they they and at the, the end of the year, that's who yeah. will win. You can have Aaron Rodgers one week. You can have Dak Prescott one week. You can pick whatever lineup you want as long as it fits in their budget. I think a lot of guys have not done FanDuel, so they don't know. Yeah, and that, the kid was asking me, and I told him, he'd done FanDuel, he just hadn't done football. 
Right. And I said, you just, you know, because he was asking me, do we have a draft day? Is it a snake draft? I was like, no. It's a fan duel. You can go any time and set your lineup. You have to have your lineup. It's a dollar a week, too. It's a dollar a week. And you'll win some money from FanDuel out of that 20 teams that's in that pod. The 20 bucks is us. Yes. The dollar a week is FanDuel. It's FanDuel. And we don't have anything to do with that. But at the end of the year, the, cumul- the accumulated points, we will give a percentage of the pot back. Right now, I think we have 29 teams. That's $580. So the winning team right now would win $400. Second place team would get $180. And that's the end of it, plus whatever you win each week. We'll do a weekly giveaway. It may be a cap from us. It may be a shirt. It may be a box of Boss ammo. It may be a dive bomb son- a shirt or something. We're going to give away something with people that are connected with us. You know, And that's how we're going to do this. At the end of the year, We'll get, but we'll have a weekly giveaway too. You have to be signed up for the football league by Monday, September the 2nd. Season starts September 4th. You have to have me paid by September 2nd. September 2nd, that night I'm shutting off all people on the league and it's shut down. And that's the deal. If you don't fill out a team each week, that's your own fault. But everybody's in. It goes by accumulated points at the end of the year. Yep. Anything else on that, Andy? Nope. You explained it perfectly. Okay. Anyways, I appreciate everybody listening to you. Uh, Jump on uh, iTunes, give us a review. Thank you very much. God bless you and have a great day.